congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. As you can see in the, on the worship sheet, the title of the sermon this morning is If We Are Faithless, He Remains Faithful, For He Cannot Deny Himself. And although this is a quote from the Apostle Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 2, verse 13, the account of David at Ziglag and the events leading up to it is a perfect illustration of this trustworthy saying. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. This is a very true and also a very comforting statement also for us people who just as David are not always on the hilltops of our faith life, so to speak. Even though we believe that all things are in God's hand and that he loves us and that God provides for us and that nothing can happen to us without his will, we still get alarmed and even provoked to panic and jump to instant action if we get directly confronted with the cruelness and the evil in the world around us. We are often not as patient and as trusting in the Lord as, as we should be. But let's go to our passage of this morning now. 600 full-grown men cry. 600 strong, tough guerrilla fighters, steeled and hardened in forced marshes and cruel battles, they weep until they have no more strength left to weep. Why? I mean, it takes, it takes a lot to make men like this cry. Danger, pain, stress, trauma, violence, bloodshed, tiredness had forced them into the hard-bitten fighters they were. So well then, what makes them cry? Well now, brothers and sisters, that is actually a long story, a story of, a long story of suffering, of persecution, of betrayal, and of hardship. For a few years already, David and his men have been re relentlessly persecuted by King Saul and his army. They were hunted down, to use David's words, like a partridge on the mountains. It had begun in earnest after King Saul had 85 of the Lord's priests killed because one of them, Ahimelech, not knowing that David was fleeing for the king, had given David bread and a sword. At that time, David had fled for, to the king of Moab, mainly to bring his father and mother in safety there. But while he was safely in Moab, the Lord has sent the prophet Gad to David to tell him that he must not stay there in that stronghold of Moab, but that he must return to the land of Judah. And David had obeyed the Lord, but ever since... King Saul had been after him in order to kill him and his men. So after he had returned to Judah, 
David and his men had saved the city of Kaila from the hands of the Philistines. And Kaila was a small city about 12 kilometers north of Hebron. But instead of being rewarded for doing this, they immediately had to flee and hide for King Saul, who filled with the demonic hatred, wanted David dead. And so, with King Saul and his army in hot, hot on the trail, David and his men had been chased all over the wilderness of Judea. Soon after that, the citizens of the town of Ziph had betrayed him to, to Saul, and they only managed to escape because the Philistines had invaded the country. And Saul had to use his army now to, to go after the Philistines. But very short had been the reprieve, because as soon as King Saul had dealt with the Philistines, he was back after them. And again, they had to flee for their lives. And then the Lord had provided a wonderful delivery by giving King Saul into David's hand. King Saul had gone into a cave in order to relieve himself. And little did he know that this was the cave in which David and his men were hiding. But David had spared Saul's life. And so moved by David's loyalty to him, King Saul had remorsefully returned home. How long Saul's remorsefulness lasted, we are not told. Maybe a year or so. But then the Ziphites again go to King Saul and tell him that they know where David is hiding. And Saul, with 3,000 hand-picked warriors, went after David and his men again. You can read about this in chapter 26. And this time David doesn't flee. But at night, in the company of two of, his most able, two of his most able warriors, he sneaks into Saul's camp, and while Saul and his bodyguard are sleeping, David takes Saul's water jar and his spear. The Lord again provides for David and his men. For the next day, David confronts Saul and shows him again that he had the opportunity to kill Saul. Upon which Saul, all remorseful again, goes back home. At the end of chapter 26, you can read that David gives all the credit to the Lord for it. And that he declares his confidence that the Lord will deliver it, him out of all tribulation. And, the, and so the, the chapter, that, chapter 26, closes with the words, So David went his way... And Saul returned to his place. So, peace seemed to be restored again. But you can't help thinking now by yourselves, let's see how long it will last this time. Well, that's exactly what David must have been thinking too. And it is here that our scripture reading begins. Chapter 27. And begins with the sad story that David loses his trust in the Lord. Oh, it is very understandable. It is so human, brothers and sisters. You just have escaped disaster after disaster by the skin of your teeth, so to speak. 
And yes, you're aware that the Lord has helped you, but now you tell yourself that you must take measures to prevent it from happening again. In the end, we have our own responsibilities too, don't we? So, chapter 27 begins. The story of David. This time, not inquiring of the Lord. Not communicating at all with the Lord. But he is communicating with his own heart. So pay attention. We read it. Then David said in his heart, Now I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I would escape to the land of the Philistines. And how true proves here the Lord's assessments of our own heart. We can read that assessment in Jeremiah 17 verse 9 where the Lord says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So true. David said in his heart. Then we read it. That story, the rest of the story, David and his men went to King Achish, the king of the Philistines, city of God, the city from which Goliath had originated. And King, king Achish welcomed him with open arms. And after a short while, he gave David and his men the city of Ziklag, where David and his wives and, and his men with their families took up residence. Finally, David and his men with all their families are safe. Good that he had done that. Good that he had thought it all over, isn't it? For a while, but not too long, things seemed to go well. David and his men raided some of the enemies of the people of Israel and then made Achish think that they had raided the people of Judah, things seemed to go okay. But in truth, it's not going well with David and his men. They are not as safe as they thought. For in the meantime, they have wandered away from the Lord. They are not in the land of Judah as the Lord had commanded them to be in chapter 22, verse 5. You see, the Lord's people, brothers and sisters, are never safe if they, take to if they try to take refuge among the Lord's enemies. They are not. Where previously David's life was marked by persecution, but also by the Lord's care and protection in the land of Judah, it is now marked by murder and deception in the land that belonged to the people's enemies. It's so telling that if you take the time to read those chapters 27 and 29, even also chapter 28, that they have very dark chapters in David's life. The Lord is not mentioned in those chapters. No light in those chapters. 
is all in chapter 9. So in chapter 29, we see David and his men at Aphek parading past the lords, the commanders of the Philistines. Those warlords were inspecting their united army so that they had a reliable estimate of the battle strength of their troops in order to fight against Israel, the Lord's people. King Achis was there with, with his army, and he believed that David had made a stench of himself by the Israelites, and that David would therefore be his servant forever. And so he just demands, note that in chapter 28, verse 1, that David and his men go along to fight against Israel, to fight against the Lord's people. Now, now David was forced to fight against his own people, the people over which the Lord had anointed him to be king. But how can David, after all this, ever be king over Israel? You see, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, that Satan just loves it when the Lord's people listen to their own heart. You sometimes hear people saying that counselors, but also even Christians, if you have to, if you're doubting about something, they don't know what to do, oh, listen to your own heart. Please don't. Ever listen to your own heart. It is desperately sick, says the Lord. Who can understand it? Well, the Lord, however, did not allow it to happen. He remained faithful. Commanders of the Philistines objected. They did not trust David and his men. And so they did not want them to join in the battle against Israel. And so the next morning we see David and his men on their way back home. To a from, from Aphek to Ziklag. Now, from Aphek in the north to Ziklag in the south is a march of about 120 kilometers. And counting that they were carrying the full battle gear and had to travel for a big part to hill, through hill country, up and down the hills, they must have been marching quite fast. So on the third day, we read in our text, they were approaching Ziklag. Finally, the last hill is rising up before them. They are almost home now. You can imagine that the spirits are high. They are, after all, so relieved that they did not have to fight against their own people. And now they are almost home. They cannot wait to see their wives and their children again. They ascend that last hill. And from the top of the hill, they will be able to see Ziklag. And maybe the children, when they see them coming, will come running up the hill to watch them. And so David and his men, excited and expectant, Reach the, uh, reach the top of the hill and then, and then from the place where the town had been rises up nothing but smoke and the stands of destruction and a ghastly silence. The, you see them running down that hill. 
to the place where the city had been. Anxiously, they, they look around, they call the names of the lost one, but there is no answer. There is only silence and the stench of smoke and the spectacle of destruction. And so it is that that dam of bottled up emotions of years of hardship and danger just breaks and 600 men weep. They weep until they had no strength to weep left. And then, and then when the sound of the weeping weakens, something begins to change. The sadness and the grief of David men turns into bitterness. And we read that David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. These men judged that David got him into this mess. And so David, in addition to his grief, and had the fear for his life. You read in verse 6 that David was greatly distressed. You could say David was at rock bottom. It's true that the Lord is not mentioned in those chapters 27 through 29. The Lord had not been part of David's decisions. But he was present very much. And nothing happens apart from his rule. He remains faithful. And now his presence, especially his presence in David's heart, becomes evident again. For we read in verse 6 of our, of our text, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now note that it does not say, but David was strengthened by the Lord his God. Now it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Of course it was the Lord who was at work in David's heart with his spirit. But that working of the Lord prompts David into action. And all of this is so very instructive to us, brothers and sisters. We too can go through times that our life are very difficult. Sometimes as a David, because of our own doing. Because we, we too often make important decisions without asking the Lord. We too have that inborn tendency to listen to our own heart first. And then ask the Lord to approve it at best. We didn't ask him to guide us. We made a decision and just asked the Lord to bless it. Listen to our own heart first. So often forget to Lord, ask the Lord first, or we, or we ask the Lord without expecting an answer from him. We ask and we just move on and do our own thing. The 
So just as with David, the Lord will allow us sometimes to follow our own chosen pathways until we get really stuck. And then we wonder where the Lord is, where the Lord is in all this. So let's, let's learn from those dark chapters in David's life. There can also be difficulties in our life over which we had no control. It can be the, the grief over the loss of loved ones, the stress or the disappointment of life, the shattered dreams, financial hardship, and so on. So what do you do? Plot on? Well, things are getting worse. We often do. Often we live like that saying, if things are tough, the tough keeps going. In the meantime, you become short-tempered to those around you. You withdraw yourself. Is that the way to go? No, there is a better way. Instead of looking at the darkness of the circumstances and become depressed, bitter and sometimes even harmful and at least unpleasant for those, to those who are around you, there is that other way. There is that way of strengthening yourself in the Lord your God. So, how did David do this? How did he strengthen himself in the Lord his God? Well, let's pay close attention to what verse, verse 6 is telling us precisely. It is not saying that David strengthened himself in God. No, it says, in the Lord his God. In the Lord. Yahweh is his God. You see, it makes a lot of difference. Yahweh, the Lord, is the covenant name of God. David strengthened himself in the Lord, in the, in, in the God of the covenant, who said, you are my people. I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. You see, the Lord is the God of the promises. And so David brings to mind the Lord's promises to him. And the Lord had promised David that he would be king over Israel. David must have recalled the time that Samuel in the Lord's name had anointed him to be king over Israel. And how from that moment on the spirit of God had rushed, had mightily come upon him. David could have recalled that Jonathan, his friend, had come to him. You can read about it in chapter 23. To strengthen his hand in God, it says that. And said, do not fear for the hand of, my, of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel. That was very much God's word to David. And of course, we don't have an exact record of how David strengthened himself in the Lord is God at this time at Ziklag. But we do it from other times that David did this. The time that the people of Ziph betrayed David to King Saul, he composed Psalm 54. And then he says in verse 4, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. 
David composed Psalm 57, while he was hiding in the cave for Saul. And he says in verse 2, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. And then there is Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Or there is Psalm 56, verse 10. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? That's how you strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. That's why we have the Psalms, people. To practice them. They're there to guide us. To keep us away from take counsel of our own hearts. Strengthen yourself in the Lord, your God. And all these Psalms, and there are more. David strengthened himself. Just read these psalms for yourself. Sing them to yourself. In the darkness of difficult times. Open your book of praise. Find those songs. Sing them. So important that you know your psalm verses. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. You see, all David's men had, had, had put their hope in David's leadership. And when it went wrong, that was the end for them. They were giving up on David. And in blind frustration, they turned against him. And David was just as much at the end of his abilities. But for David, that was not the end because the Lord is faithful. It was not David who was faithful. It was the Lord who reminded David, who worked in David's heart, to turn to him. He cannot deny himself. Faith, which the Lord gives to his people, will sooner or later surface again and turns the focus back to him. And for the Lord's people, all human light is extinguished. Then they begin to see the Lord's light again. We'll sing at the end of the service, in you light, we, will, we see light, O Lord. When faith takes over, there is not an end, but a new beginning. Also for David, but also for us, brothers and sisters. Remember this, in times when life's pathway becomes so narrow, when the darkness gets too thick. When the nights are long and lonely and anxiety makes you break out in sweats. When you long for the day, but even the day brings no light in your heart. Put your hope in the Lord and strengthen yourself in the Lord your God by reading those psalms and singing them to yourselves. That's why we have them. The Lord gave them to you, and he will strengthen you more than any counselor can. Of course, of course, Satan will whisper in your ears. He must have done, by, he must have done that by David too. 
Satan is not very original. He keeps on repeating the same things. So he will whisper in your ears too, that yes, now you're in trouble, you need the Lord again. But would he even listen to you now? Yes, he would. Because he is faithful. He cannot deny himself. So don't listen to Satan. He does not want you to return to the Lord ever. Satan wants you to become bitter. Like Lamech. I've killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, Lamech's revenge is seventy-sevenfold. Or, or, or Satan wants to fill your heart with despair, like Judas, or like King Saul in chapter 28, committing suicide. He also took counsel of his own heart. Strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. Yes, pay attention to this, so that David strengthened him in the Lord his God. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. You can only do when the Lord is your God. If the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior, to whom you belong, because he pursued you with his blood. Strengthening yourself in the, in the Lord your God is remembering his promises to you. Your baptism may also said to you, I will be your God and you will be my people. So remember, there's so many times in your life that he has helped and that he comforted you and he is still the same. He will not ever forsake you. If we are faithless, the Lord is faithful. He cannot deny himself. He will give you rest when you come to him with all your burdens, no matter how long you have been trying yourself. You may cast all your anxieties upon him for he does care for you. Always, it is true, living in this world will bring hardships. It was not only so with David. David experienced a large share of it, but he also experienced the Lord's faithfulness in all of his troubles, so that he, inspired by the Holy Spirit, can encourage us, as he did in Psalm 34, verse 19, where he said, many, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of all, all of them. And the great son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ promised to all of his people in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. I will come again and he will take you to myself that where I am you also may be. I will be with you until the end of the age. You see, and the Lord is faithful always. Let's return to David. There are the smoldering ruins of Zeklak and see what happened with him after he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And his renewed faith, restoring David's, is, is that renewed faith, restoring David's self-confidence, his self-esteem, so that he can restore his leadership over his man? Does he now believe in himself again? Like it is so much emphasized in our time that as long as we believe in ourselves, we are able to accomplish whatever we need to. Not true. Such talk is just mindless. 
is also godless nonsense? That is not the case with David. We read in verse 7 that he, as he had done so often before, called Abiathar, the priest, to bring the ephod. Remember the ephod? That was that little pouch that the high priest wore on his breast and contained the Urim and the Thummim. And it was used as guidance from the Lord. So we read, we read in verse 8, And David inquired of the Lord. After all that happened, his faith is restored, and he, now he asked the Lord for guidance. David's renewed and strengthened faith in the Lord makes him turn away from his own solutions, from his own strength, makes him lean upon the Lord his God. Yes, be the Lord his God. David can run against the troop. By my God, I can leap over the wall, he says in Psalm 18. Then he continues, this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. It's a shield for all those who take refuge in him, says David, says God in his word. Brothers and sisters, what a comfort. God will be your shield, your protector. If you but take refuge in him. Always and for everything, seek refuge in him. Let him be your guide and your refuge. You see, if, if we just read this story, so easy to understand it as a story about David and about his man. And how they, under the great leadership of David, and by David's great faith, go after the enemies to recover their wives. Did you read in the rest of this chapter? But the story is not in the first place about David. Or about David's struggle to put his faith in the Lord. And, uh, and it is not a story about how he finally found his faith back with such awesome result so that the story has a good ending after all. The meaning, the beauty, and the comfort of this story is not about David or about David's faith, but it is about David's God. He was the one who carried David and his men through all the hardship and persecutions of Saul. He was the God who also carried David and his men while David lost sight of his God and followed his own heart. He remained faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is all and always will remain faithful to the faithful God, to all of his people. Never do you need to be in despair. No matter how great your mistakes have been, no matter how, how long you have lived, Without even thinking about him, you have been just reaction, re, reacting against anything that and all, everything that happened around you. Lord is carrying you then too. Go back to him. Strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. Open that book of praise. Sing Psalm 42. In the Lord, we may strengthen ourselves with 
when we are in situations that seem impossible to overcome, even when it is all because of your own fault, because you have wandered away as David did. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. See, you may also go to him before you're on the end of your rope. You may strengthen yourself every day in the Lord your God. Look to the Lord. Begin the day by remembering his promises, remembering his deeds in the past, and call upon him at all times. He promised, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Amen.